Hack. Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Summer Hack Podcast. We love our pets in this country. We really do. And a lot of research has found that about half of us consider our pets as important as children, part of the family. And Gen Z are more likely to think of pets as more important than kids. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm never going to have kids, but I'm going to have a heap of dogs or I love my cats. It's not reflected in law, though, and your pet is currently considered property if you split from your partner. So if something happens down the track and everything's being divided up, the pets come under property. So how do you deal with a breakup when there's a pet involved? Shalala Madora has been looking into it. I think um, just yeah, natural progression in a relationship is, you know, before kids and before marriage is to sometimes, yeah, look to get a pet. So we got our dog about five years into the relationship. Jacob, which is not his real name, and his now ex were together for years when they decided things weren't working out. We were um, actually engaged to be married. We had a house together and obviously yeah, a dog together as well. The breakup wasn't a toxic one. It had been building for a while. But when untangling the messiness of it all, they'd forgotten all about what would happen to their pet. At first, Jacob thought they'd share custody, each spending a week at a time with their dog. So after a couple of weeks of, of trying that process, we'd realised that it wasn't really sustainable and I didn't want to have to be catching up and seeing my ex every time I wanted to also see my dog. So we decided for one of us to just take full custody of the dog. Jacob decided that his ex, who was still living in the place that they'd shared, should take the dog full time. And I didn't want to have to take the dog out of his own environment. I wanted to sort of make sure he was at least comfortable for that process as well. But Jacob wasn't prepared for how tough that would be. Like when I said goodbye and moved my stuff out, I didn't realise that would be the last time that I would actually see him. So yeah, it was definitely the hardest part of the whole breakup process for me. According to a recent survey, about half of all Aussies see their pets as just as important as their kids. And young people are more likely to see pets as more important than their kids compared to older generations. Pets have developed deeper meaning in our society and in our relationships. For many people, uh, a relationship with a pet is their biggest relationship. It's actually some someone who comes into our hearts, often onto our couches and into our beds. Elizabeth Shaw is the head of Relationships New South Wales and says a lot of younger couples have pets as a way of showing their commitment to each other. This is not like co-investing in a couch. This is co-investing in a separate and related um, body, and another set of relationships for you to navigate. Elizabeth says she's seeing more and more people make shared custody arrangements of their pets. But like in Jacob's case, that has drawbacks. Unless one has given up their rights to the pet, it also can become a relationship that keeps you connected well beyond where you want to be connected. In the worst case scenario, people are giving up their pets altogether. I've certainly seen couples where they were both so furious, they both just said, well, I'm not dealing with it, and they've taken it to the pound, which I think is, as a a dog owner, I find that sort of outcome painful. While we've got an intense emotional connection with our animals, the law hasn't necessarily kept up. The law that surrounds how we deal with them does fall under the property law framework of the Family Law Act. Adrian Curtis is a lawyer at Australian Family Lawyers. He says that if you get to the point of needing a judge to decide pet custody arrangements, then there are a few things that the court will take into account. Things like who's the one that paid for the pet initially, who was the pet registered to, 
who was the main carer for the pet, so things like putting their food out or taking them for walks, the relationship each party has with that pet and how how bonded they were. One of the other factors is who may be best suited to actually look after that pet in the future. Adrian says people who are going through a breakup can contact lawyers to mediate an outcome without needing a court. And some couples might not even need that. They might find their own solutions like Jacob did. You can negotiate and you can reach agreements around the pet specifically, arrangements that suit you and suit the two of you, suit your pet and that suit your lifestyles and help you get to the outcome you need. You don't necessarily need some formalised documentation to deal with the pet. He recommends getting a formal agreement if you have a super valuable pet, like a racehorse or a breeding dog, for example. Because once you engage a court, it's unlikely that you'll be able to get shared custody. If you go down the court path, we're going to end up with some sort of an order that definitively says who that pet is going to stay with, assuming that the parties are seeking that kind of an order. If you're considering getting a pet with a partner, Elizabeth says it's really important to discuss things like who's going to look after the pet and who's going to pay for it if it gets sick. It does bring up more issues than people consider. Jacob says he'll be thinking twice about buying a pet with a partner from now on. It's definitely made me reconsider, yeah, getting a pet um, in the future now. Even like when I see the same breed of dog that I did have like on in public or, you know, on the streets going for walks, I, I can't even really like look at it or even interact with it. You know, it still brings up those kind of feelings of, of having of having that pet. Summer hack on Triple J. 